Welcome to the Forest Creek Podcast. Today's a very special episode. It goes out to all the dads, the stepdads, the granddads, the uncles. People do that a lot in commercials now. I don't really know why they feel they need to. Well, like, they just name every type of father there could possibly be. Every type of father figure, not just father. Um, today with me, I have Jared. Hello. I have Kyle. Hi. Today is the day before Father's Day. Side note, I actually get to include myself into that, because I am now uh, officially someone's crazy drunk uncle. I thought you were going to say a father, and no. I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thank God. Um, <laughs> no, but... Um, in this economy? In this... Oh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. No, um, one of my associates, they got some kids, and because I've been doing a little bit of, like, you know, like the add, add one parenting, where it's like the parent will say something, they'll say like, oh yeah, that and this. And then it's usually like halfway good advice and halfway uh, mentally insane advice. Yep. So she's like, congratulations, you're officially their drunk uncle. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Maybe you can be a godparent. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, well, the, this was the example is one of her, uh, the, so she's got three kids, uh, six, four, two. Mm. And the six-year-old uh, opened a window and went outside and the two-year-old followed. And I kind of made the point of, hey, the whole reason why you broke out is because you knew you were in trouble and you thought this would make things better. And also imagine if you went outside and, you got, uh, and your little brother that followed you got hit by a truck. How do you feel about that? And then he kind of like had like a, yeah. Mm. And I'm like, come on, don't be stupid. That voice in your head that tells you to know not do a thing. It's there for a reason. <laughs> if it's telling you something, you should probably follow it. <laughs> now get me another daddy soda. You you told a six-year-old, what if what if your little brother had gotten hit by a truck? Yeah, that's how my dad raised yeah. me. You have to confront Sometimes. them with the truth. Yeah, man. So that they understand the danger of what could happen. Yeah, man. It's like kids are insanely smart and aware insanely early. Yes. Like you can actually talk to a four or five-year-old like an adult to a degree obviously but you'd be vague like with certain actual, parts yeah but it's like about actual things like that it's like hey like just being real with them is actually possible and they'll get it it's crazy i just had a moment with the two of these guys where it was basically like the podcast will you stop playing in that backseat or i'm going to have to turn this car around <laughs> <laughs> that was more or less what just happened hey but at least it wasn't a Daddy Day. We had successfully started talking about uh, the representation of dads in media. And, of course, it's not something that any of us really can rightfully say we're happy or upset about. It's just kind of interesting because, mm -hmm. we're, well, we're not dads. I just want to point out that uh, while we're doing this Father's Day podcast, my dad is just doing housework. Yeah. He's down in the garage revving engines. He's literally that's the garage door right now. <laughs> Um, he's like t testing all the engines out. He was like about to start pressure washing. I yeah. swear to God, <laughs> it's about to start while we're trying to record. You can still hear the garage door right now. This and, is probably... and there it went. Y'all need to get a better garage opener. That took an obscene amount of time. <laughs> it's an old, old thing. Also, like what a great place for a studio. Right on top right of the motor. The I right think we're top. actually on the motor. I felt it on my foot. Yeah, we are literally right above where he was doing all of that. But, you know, that's just how it is, you know. Um, it's part of, part of my childhood that I really enjoyed is just having typical suburban housework to do. Just like you got to go down to the garage, you got to clean it, you got to do stuff on the cars, you got to like, you know, fiddle something with our boat, you got to make sure the lawnmower is fixed and going out. Like that is something I am pretty grateful for. Hmm. 
in terms of a father-son dynamic where I was constantly running errands and doing chores, and it has really well prepared me for constantly running errands and doing chores. <laughs> I, I will say I actually kind of had like a double dosage of that because both um, my biological dad and the stepdad I had for most of my life were both kind of like automotive nuts, and I kind of learned two ways of doing it. One is the correct way, and the other way is the uh, Baylor twine and cock gun way. Because my dad told me all the ways how to do it right, and my stepdad told me all the ways to get it done where it'll hold for another <laughs> month when we can actually get the part. I think I've heard this described before as there's the instruction manual way and there's the duct tape way. Yeah. <laughs> duct tape is like the force. It's got a light side and a dark side, and it binds the universe together. Probably. Probably. What's interesting is uh, I had a bit of an opposite childhood in that my dad did all the all of that stuff like mowing the lawn take care of the cars didn't have me or my brother do any of it why not i have no idea i think because he he likes doing all that stuff he oh, didn't exactly okay. particularly want so what slaves was <laughs> selfish he didn't yeah right and oh, it was like at some point i was like hey no, 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 let no. me mow the lawn and he was like no <laughs> that's no, interesting because no. most dads will look at their sons and be like free labor yeah no no, no not slaves unpaid interns there you go <laughs> pretty much but what was interesting one thing i'll be forever grateful for my dad for is that he really let me and my brother be like essentially find out who we are he was really free mm -hmm. with that he didn't have as much as like every every person does have you have the expectations of how you want your kid to turn out yeah. and me and my brother are so very different from our dad it's like he loves sports and we don't care about sports at all in the slightest like, the biggest sport I care about is basketball, and my dad doesn't care about basketball at all. Which is hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. The one sport I would watch on TV, he doesn't watch on TV at all. Mm -hmm. you're, but, not big, um, you're not a big fan of cricket or soccer or football? Yeah, right? I don't really care for any of them. Mm. And he loves all of them. But, yeah, it's like, it let me just become the person I am instead of having to hide that person and be in the shell of who my dad wanted me to be. He just like would let us, he gave us so many freedoms in that area and, and taught and like raised us with various life lessons that were extremely important and that are general enough for every, everybody. Like a huge thing for my dad was the Rocky movie. Like that, that's like, <laughs> my dad has a lot of favorite movies and like it changes every week. Who are your favorite TV dads? Hmm. I'm I'm gonna call dibs on uh, Hank Hill here. My dad is basically Hank Hill. <laughs> you don't have to be from Texas to know a lot about every tool in your garage and like care about cutting the piece of wood very straight and all mm. that. Everything in terms of housework, from like replacing the bin under the sink to doing your own home renovations to you know, let me show you how to work the buzzsaw properly and everything like that. So, like, I got I got a t the general tour of how to be your own handyman. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be Hank Hill to do that and to wear glasses and have a square head. And my dad is all of those things. So, <laughs> the, just, like, minus the Americanisms and the Texan accent and, you know, living in Arnold and uh, <laughs> have Hank Hill for a dad. Mm -hmm. So, nice. uh, yeah, one of my favorite TV dads for sure. We we did a short unit in college where we studied TV and, like, sitcom television. So we'd watch a couple episodes from, like, 
different eras of sitcom. And if you go like all the way back to the black and white era, where you had like Leave It to Beaver, Matt Dad, mm-hmm. the or even like Mr. Drummond from a Different Strokes. Was he the racist one? Um, no, he was the guy who was he was the white lawyer who had ad- adopted two young black boys. That was Different Strokes. Okay, well, the exact opposite of the one I was thinking of. Um. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's funny. So, like, you have this very stalwart, some moral character. They're silly at sometimes, but they're generally very like, especially if you go like back in fifties and forties era television. They were straight arrows, and when they came into the room, everybody suddenly had to behave. It was like really interesting to yeah, see that real, dynamic, real Andy Griffey Show type stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then you turn today, you watch Modern Family, and you got Phil Dunphy, who's basically got clown. Yeah, like an, <laughs> like. To 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 steal a um, Bill Burr joke, dads back in the day were kind of like, "Oh God, dad's home! Everyone huddle in the kitchen! Don't do anything <laughs> wrong!" And now it's dad walks in, shut up! Like you know, just like dad tries to say some, we're not talking to you, dad. TV dads of the day, of that same time, were like, "Well, Henry, it's time for you to get your first gun." Yeah. Or something like that. You know, at your age, I had a paper out. I think you should go get yourself a paper out. Now yeah. that you're thirteen. <laughs> See, you're a man now. <laughs> now that you're 13, we're gonna send you off to the Vietnam. <laughs> that ain't done right. Actually, uh, a lot of my childhood was very informed by uh, Home Improvement and Tim Allen. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That. Make sure you measure twice, cut once. <laughs> you don't want to measure once and cut twice. <laughs> and then just having uh, you know Tim Allen <laughs> all the time. It's like. That, w- that was a lot of my childhood was Tim Allen. And then finding out later on that he was like a cocaine addict who got like arrested and now he's like just talks about politics all day. Yeah. I think what's what was nice about like I think I really appreciate about my dad thinking about this. You're built the Bill Bird joke earlier. My dad was a really good balance between that, oh no, dad's home, everybody behave, and the Phil Dunphy idiot. Because it's like is it was that perfect balance of he can be fun when it's fun time, but when yeah. but, but when you know you fucked up, you know you fucked exactly. up. Exactly, it's like he was serious, and that's my father. But at the same time, we can go like he'll he'll teach me to throw a ball, and it's like we can have a good time, and he'll laugh and tell jokes and stuff. Like there's there's a fine line between I know for a fact he's my father, and that is a different relationship than any other man I have a relationship with, and he's also a friend. It's both of those things. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of understand a little bit what you're saying, because it's funny, when you think about getting in trouble with either parent, when I got in trouble with my mom, it is misbehavior, right? Mm. Or it's not lining up with something perfect. And then so when she gets mad at me, it, like, it turns into an emotional situation. And I'm always, like, when I was a kid, I'm, like, counting down in these situations. Like, the house is going to be intense until exactly about 6 o'clock when my dad comes through the door, because I know when he gets here, he just diffuses the emotion. Mm emotional intensity of this situation and then he can just kind of like come in and like he'll lay down the law and i might still get in trouble but the yelling will be over mm. yes um, if mom's here it's yelling if dad comes in then i get my ass kicked and everything goes back to normal <laughs> <laughs> uh, there but, was there was definitely more yelling from my dad my mom's a very quiet person <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. My mom had a quality set of lungs on her. My dad, he had that stern, you done fucked up look. Oh. oh. My dad had both. 
<laughs> oh, he had lungs and the look. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows the look. They can flash it. You did nothing wrong, and you question yeah. all your life choices. When it comes to <laughs> dad dynamics, one of my favorite things as a child was figuring out the marketing campaign and figuring out how I'm going to make my arguments to get a, a single video game. Because <laughs> a single video yeah. game, you got to keep in mind, this is an investment. You know, oh, there, yeah. there was this around the time where a game was like $59.99. That's the full new game, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you're going to get this, this is me having to like months of work of look, this game is coming <laughs> out. And I'm like studying the trailers. I'm like, listen, dad, it's open world. So that's not just a story that I'm going to play through and then it's going to be over. It's I'm going to spend time exploring the open world and that will, you know, now just buy one game and it's covering an amount. Of, that was one of my stratagems. You're killing me, man. So, 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 so I had kind of the exact opposite of that, whereas um, lived mostly with my mom and then came and saw my dad on first weekend every month and extend vacations. Um, he was also kind of a vidiot. And I did a count uh, as of about two months ago. Guess how many PS2 games we have? Or I guess he has that I occasionally steal. I feel like I oh, shoot. I haven't heard the number, but I've, I think I've seen the box. Sids. Box Sids. Yeah, box yeah, it, yeah. Box I. I think that was of DVDs, actually. Not no, no okay. I, I haven't gone through the DVD collection. Oh I, I can't count that high. <laughs> um, north of 423. Dude. PlayStation 2. Unique playstation 2 games oh my god uh, further 200 playstation 3 games and 80 ps4 games so i will <laughs> say the man is buying less games as time goes on but i think it's also the case of like you know the bargain bin thing yeah 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 so it was always one of those things of i didn't i wasn't always uh i never ran out of new things to play but because they were the bargain bin games they weren't always good yeah <laughs> this game's only four dollars we're getting that let's go just go and get all the four dollar games to his defense, when I was a kid, I was really bad at video games, so it would take me forever to do anything. I think I spent, like, <laughs> the first three years I had a PS2, I was stuck on, like, level two of Looney Tunes back in action. Don't know that one, but uh, the, I will say this right now, it's kind of like a father-son bonding thing, and I'm a little, uh, shout out to Naughty Dog, make another one, goddammit. Uh, me and my dad still love Jack and Daxter, and it's kind of like, you know, really oh, yeah. bonding oh, experience. Oh, Like, he basically does a run through Classic. of Jack and Daxter because the first one is a collectathon. We got to get all hundred precursor orbs, all nine hundred, uh, whatever the monies are, yeah. and all that stuff. And you got to get everything to beat the game. And he can probably get it. I, I, I don't know what the world record is, but short of glitching the game, he can probably put up a uh, a competitive time. Oh my god! On Jack and Daxter one. My game for that era was definitely the OG Ratchet and Clank. Mm. Yeah. But um, other TV dads that's come to mind, I think somebody mentioned earlier the Heisenberg, Malcolm in the Middle. No, okay, well, so here's the thing. He, I kind of, again, put on the more, like, goofy end of the spectrum. Like, one of my favorite moments of him is, like, the, 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 the mother is, like, telling the kids, hey, kids, you got to go and uh, go to school. Or not go to school. You got to get a job and, like, you know, start helping out the household. And then Hank comes in. Hank, can you tell these kids about the job? You Now listen here, kids. Uh, you got all your life to work. You need to focus on getting your education. I want them to work. Which is what you'll get. You'll get one hell of an education at a job. You don't <laughs> live here ruined board for free. <laughs> I was actually just thinking about some cartoon dads because the same actor, sorry, what's his name? That Brian Cranston. Brian, Brian Cranston. Cranston. It's funny, like, the season one character design for... Um, Heisenberg, as we'll, as we'll say, <laughs> um, 
he very much resembled like Ned Flanders. Oh, did he voice Ned? No, no, he didn't no, voice no, Ned. no. But okay. I was saying like the green shirt, yeah, the yeah, way yeah. That, like the glasses and the way he did his hair at the yeah. time. It was like that was a Ned Flanders inspired wow. look. And then I'm th- I think back to those dads and like the cartoon dads. You got Ned Flanders, you got Homer Simpson. And then on the wilder end of the scale, because like Ned Flanders is probably the straight arrow kind of super Christian, mm-hmm. like even he's still kind of a weirdo. And yeah. it's kind of funny over like the 30 something seasons of Simpsons, his personality's kind of changed a little bit. I mean, it's pretty state where it is. More or less. But it's like the multiple he's gone the, through when, like when, when he's on his character breaks or when he had that big emotional change when his wife died from the T-shirt can incident. And then the other wife also died. What'd she die from? I don't remember, but it was something else. Yeah. Don't marry Ned Flanders, the yeah. moral of the story. <laughs> and then on the opposite end of the Simpsons scale, you have Homer Simpson, mm-hmm. habitually drunk, always overeating. Probably, I don't expect that he's a very financially stable person. Um, uh, hey, man, he worked at a nuclear power plant. They actually showed what his take-home pay was. I make more than him. <laughs> and then straight up chokes out his son yeah. at every opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> also treat, gives him wise moral nuggets like this one. Bart comes in. This is the worst day of my life. Uh-uh-uh, son. This is the worst day of your life so far. Right. <laughs> but you can still see that, like, in the in the arc of Homer's character throughout the episodes, he's usually just trying. He's, like, well-meaning. He mm-hmm. just... He's just an idiot. And yeah. that's why he keeps bumbling around. But then you, when you leave the Simpsons world and then you go into the other animated shows, Peter Griffin is a terrifying father figure. Yeah. And then if you want to get even crazier, South Park, Randy. Oh my God. Is Randy the blue shirt dad? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, Sharon, it's a group of people (laughs) who talk about social change. (laughs) We don't just drink all night <laughs> which night which night it's not about wait was he the one i'm not got... an alcoholic stan i'm wine tasting <laughs> <laughs> he's red wine drunk now i'm trying to remember is it is it was it him or was it someone else who got high on cat piss and proceeded to fight kenny and a that kids? was the kids oh wait no that was him yeah, yeah, yeah c- that was him that was him yeah <laughs> Truly a father figure we shall strive for. Amazing. He might not, now he's a small business owner with his taggerty weed. <laughs> Another, f- like, I think Randy has probably had the most fun character arcs of all of them. Because <laughs> one what, what of them is that, like, he straight up, he goes to, he goes to Oregon, China no. with Mickey Mouse, actually went and, like, murdered Winnie the Pooh. Murdered Winnie yeah, the Pooh. Like, Park is wild. Yeah. Well, you do get the reference, right? No. Okay, so... I've barely seen any of South Park. No, 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 no. This isn't a South Park thing. This is a real-world thing. Um, in real world, in China, if on the social medias you want to talk about uh, Xi Jinping, the leader of China, they uh, and they'd block his name in all the social uh, algorithms, they start referring to him as Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> okay. So the South Park interpretation of that, well, because you have Randy, who's over there to try to make a weed deal with the Chinese. <laughs> Um, and he partners up with, he meets Mickey Mouse while he's over there because Disney's yeah. really in bed with China and a lot of stuff. And then <laughs> t- to get in with the Chinese, they decide we're going to go beat up Winnie the Pooh for you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. <laughs> so in terms of Matt like geniuses. cartoon dads, that one is definitely way up there as Randy yeah. on like the wild scale. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of interesting because if there's anything that those shows highlight is that that person is more than a dad, mm. 
right? They have like their own everyday lives. Yeah. Doing. You know what I would like to talk about on that? When did you guys realize that your dad was just a person? How so? Well, for me, I always viewed, because I was the youngest, and so event, essentially I had this view of my family, both both my parents and my brother, that they were like, I don't know, not, not necessarily perfect beings, but that they had it all together. You know, oh, all, when, all that. when did you realize that they were just making up as yeah, they went yeah, along with like, all when did you When did you realize that it's like, oh, they actually don't necessarily know what they're doing, and they're kind of just winging it. Like, as much as they've got plans and stuff, but it's like, oh, they're just like me. Um, almost instantly. Yeah. Oh, okay, because here's the thing. I, I'm, not, both of you only ever had biological dad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had biological and stepdad. Technically two, but one wasn't really around that long, but mm -hmm. two stepdads. Um, my dad was pretty honest with me from day one. Like, see, that's the thing is, like you said uh, earlier, uh, you were pretty honest with the kid that, hey, what if your brother got hit by a truck? And mm -hmm. I'm like, that's because that's what my dad was like with me. He was like, don't run off. And then he showed me signs of the lamps. Oh, my god! I was like seven, I believe. Dude. And he was like, this is what happens when you run off. Don't do it. <laughs> and with the other one, I kind of rapidly realized that he's an idiot because more than a few times we'd go off-roading out in the bush and something would break. And then he'd be like, damn. And then he'd either have to figure a way out of it <laughs> or he'd be like, all right, I brought that thing to fix this, right? And then he'd go look in the back of his truck and go, I just, I, I, I think remember, it's just me like playing in the mud out in this mud pit where we went like off road and I just hear from the truck, fuck. And I'm like, he forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I'm on the opposite end of that because at times I, I, I'm a lot more conscious of it now, but I'm definitely someone who, when I was that age, I completely took my father figure for granted mm. as in my actual father. Um, and so that even now when I think about it is like, he's still in my head archetypical dad mm -hmm. still egyptian hank hill i think what i'm beginning to understand is that i will slowly become that out of necessity so yeah. that i'm now developing many of the same appreciations and many of the same ways of thinking about solving problems is that like it's not about realizing that my dad is like me it's realizing that i'm slowly becoming him <laughs> in that way Interesting. i mean how much do you see that in yourself um, God, I hope not. <laughs> but like, I like to point out there, God, I hope not, because, um, don't get me wrong, love my dad, amazing person. He's an asshole. <laughs> my stepdad, my respect for my stepdad has gone down as the years have gone by. So if I end up as either one of those people, something has gone a little bit wrong. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I love my dad and as far as work ethic and always like, you know, be grinding. If you're ever not working, it's not because there's no work. It's because you're not looking hard enough and basically grind all the time. And when the fun time comes, you'll have money to play. All good moral lessons. Um, his opinion of women, less so. <laughs> his general, like, you know, uh, disposition, less so. There are parts of uh, my dad that I really would hopefully never incorporate into my day-to-day -day life, and I hope I never end up like my stepdad. So let's go with that. Who was your positive father figure if you had one? Hmm. Well, again, I, I, I say that, like, you know, that's the thing. It, it was mostly, as far as work ethic and general disposition, that is from my dad. But I try and more personality-wise, I kind of just came into this based off of, like, you know, 
doing jokes and acting certain ways and seeing how people responded. Mm. 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 Interesting. What about you, Jared? Positive father figure in your dad, or did you like pick it up from other people too? From other people too, but I think, yeah, definitely from my dad because he's a very positive father figure. It's like, obviously there's negatives because everybody has that and we tend to focus more on the negatives. And I had a period of my life where I only focused on the negatives of my dad, which was not the nicest thing to do to him, considering all he's done for me. And But one thing I think I would like to grow into in my, in like my, my dad as a figure is like the amount of love he has for his family because he's always told me and my brother our whole lives that it's like no matter what, he absolutely loves us and he's proud of us. And that I know I'm under the impression that a lot, a lot, the majority of people don't get that. And so it's like the more, cause I, yeah. Right. So it's, I grew up with that and I still get that. And like, he'll randomly text, just hope, you know, I'm super proud of you and I'll always love you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) The reason why I'm laughing a little bit is because I can imagine it's like, you're feeling really guilty about something that you're doing. And so you send that text <laughs> off just to like kind of tr- put out that, Hey, I'm still a good person, even though I'm really drunk right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, again, like I very much, I think there's a lot of things again on my side of that, that are similar that I also take for granted mm-hmm. because it wasn't until like a, in high school is when I started having friends whose parents were divorced and by the end of high school, actually, most of my friends' parents were divorced. And well, they made it that far. <laughs> um, not, I don't, I don't think it was even through the process. Just the people that I got to know, mm-hmm. right? And most of them, their parents were divorced. And that kind of, I slowly became aware of like this. I don't want to say it's like disposition or anything like that, but like you can tell, these guys are a little bit different than me, mm. right? I walk with a little bit more confidence, yeah, than they do that. Maybe the confidence they have is not inherited. It is developed. It Mm -hmm. is brought into them by necessity. They have a different makeup that is not as closely informed as mine is from a father figure. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like people who aren't your dad, who can still have that father figure uh, benefit for you. Definitely. What's interesting is I think I developed a lot of that friend side of a father figure with my uncle Mm. because especially I got to know this when I was like coming up as a kid is that my uncle was very much into film and filmmaking. So I can always go up to him and talk about movies mm-hmm. and naturally because of movies, you can talk to him about stories and he's a huge sci-fi guy, like book collections of star Trek. Mm-hmm. Is this the uncle that made that like moon CG thing that you edited? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wrote one of his movies a long time ago. I yeah? used to be in quite a few of them <laughs> and like show up and help out on set and all that stuff. Cause you know, it, I think it, fostered a love of filmmaking in me too Mm -hmm. it's just an interesting idea to me that some people consider their dads as friends yeah because it's it's interesting in that my dad's always going to be my dad and it's very different from a friend and i don't think this i don't know exactly if this is the right way to put it it's like i don't necessarily i wouldn't necessarily talk to my dad the way i talk with my friends but i also would i i don't know it's it's something different I, I can actually word this in a pretty unique yeah. way. And I, y- y- y'all get ready. Uh, Jared, I'd, I'd start looking away from the microphone because you're going to laugh at this one. Mm-hmm. 
when you guys say, hey, I look at my dad in a different way than I do all the other like male figures in my life, I can give a direct one-to-one example, and this is what it is. If not for him being my dad and for that biological connection, I would probably never hang out with my dad because he is an asshole. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I love him to death. If he needs anything, I help him bury a body, whatever he needs. He's an asshole. <laughs> so it's really it's the family principle yes, for you? Yes, it is because it's a case of we have next to no shared hobbies. We fight on almost everything. I mean, quite frankly, it's hard for us to be in a room for like more than 10 minutes for for us basically just like, you know, <laughs> one of us will say something, the other one will disagree with it, and then it almost goes to blows. That's just the way it is between us. That's just our general <laughs> dynamic. But it's one of those things where I love him. He's my dad. I respect the hell out of him for everything he's given me, everything he's done for me, how he always helps if I need help. Mm-hmm. God, he's an asshole. <laughs> so where do you think that love and respect for family comes from in you? I think it's just generally deserved. Yeah, I feel like that's just an inherent quality in your personality that you really cherish and like hold on to family. Yeah, it's one of those things where I only got one dad. What am I going to do? Throw him to the throw him to the curb? Mm, a lot of people would. Hey, which is wild. We were talking about Tim Dillon earlier. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. My right? my dad recently picked up this book by um. Shoot, I can't remember the name of the guy, but it's the guy that plays uh, Saul Goodman. Better Call Saul. Bring yeah, that. yeah. Uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Bob Odenkirk came out with a book called Comedy, Comedy, Comedy. And my dad bought it because he loves that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said there was, he was telling me, because we were having our father-son chat. That's not exactly like a friend chat, but also is, you know? <laughs> and he told me that uh, <laughs> Bob Odenkirk wrote a single paragraph on his father. And essentially, it was how terrible he was. Um, and it's like, I thought about it for a second. I told my dad, I think I could write a few pages on how great you are. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, right? To, a side note, I always really appreciated how your dad, when we're just sitting down in the basement in a totally different world playing D&D, <laughs> and he would just come down with a fact <laughs> or like something interesting he saw on TV. Yeah, or like he's or watching like a Discovery Meg- Challenge comes down and like, hey, you want to hear about some uh, <laughs> manatees? Well, it's and- like straight up. He's like, guess what I just saw in the game? Yeah. And I was I, I was just, you know, it's like a fun little break from whatever the heck you were doing. <laughs> That's my dad. It's not even like out of the ordinary at all because he'll just randomly do that. I'd just be sitting in my room on something. He'd pop in, yo, guess what I just saw? And he would tell us about whatever. Or if he wanted to show me and my brother something, he would just yell out like, Matt, Jared, come downstairs. And we would come downstairs and he would show us something and then we would like laugh or see it and leave. Hey, I got a question for you guys. And I think this is kind of one of those things where I'm probably going to say something here and you're both like, no, I I haven't experienced that. Um, When your parents, dad especially, tell you like life lessons or stuff that happened in their history that you sound like, wow, that sounds like that sucked. But they say it with, like, a reverence and, like, man, I wish back for those days. Like, my dad tells me stories about, like, you know, how he always went to concerts, did a lot of drugs, and stayed up wicked late and then went to work the next day. And I'm like, wow, that sounds like it sucked. That sounds very irresponsible. (laughs) That was very irresponsible. You managed heavy machinery. That doesn't sound safe. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Or, like, he'll tell me stories about, like, you know, girlfriends back then. I'm like, wow, was there any emotional connection? No, but she had great rack. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Or, like, he'll tell me, like, about stories about his friends, like, from back in the day. I'm like, wow, that's straight-up crime. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, literally everyone you associate with is an asshole. <laughs> like, nothing good. 
And then like he'll like say like, oh, what are you doing with, with your friends? Oh, I'm going and playing some Dungeons and Dragons. I'm playing Magic. I'm playing Warhammer. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> just not a care in the world for just, anything. Just yeah. not a care in the world for anything. Like I think he like mildly judges me because he still thinks that I'm a kid for my hobbies. Yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things where I'm like. I go to sleep at a halfway decent time and don't have chemical addictions. I think I I'm doing moderately better than you at this point. <laughs> I am a responsible adult. <laughs> uh, there, there are other stories, but I'm kind of trying to keep this like the PG-14. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I appreciate that. One, one of the things I actually want to ask you about this is, do you think that we're spoiled? Um, I less so think that you were spoiled and more so you guys had what should be the average. Mm. Just the the... More, I guess this was at the least more normalized the idea. Yeah, yes, yeah. congratulations. You guys are at zero to plus one, plus point one to negative point one. Congratulations. <laughs> Average. I don't know. I feel like I'm in the almost plus one category here. Oh, you're, 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 no, 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 a point one. You're a full one. Like a full one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty happy about it. 100 feet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Like, cool, cool. This is like, I mean, I don't know what the scales are. I mean, how much negative, negative 10 is like 100. Positive 10. Is I mean, positive 10 like Jesus Christ and his dad is God? Or like what, <laughs> what are we talking about? No, no, no. Uh, we're going like positive 10 is your dad is both rich and not Whole and gives you things, but still imbues in, in you a positive work ethic. Elon Musk's dad? I don't know. I mean, is that it? I, 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 I mean, is, is does he instill a positive work ethic in his kids, or does he just shower them with gifts so his kids are entitled pricks? Because because there is both giving your kids the stuff they want, but making them work for it, mm. and instilling with them because just giving your kids a whole bunch of gifts doesn't make them good. It just makes them entitled. Like how many stories have you heard of? Like you know, like. Oh man, this guy's great. He started his own company. He did all this stuff. He went from nothing to here, and then his kid's a prick. Mm. We got to do an episode about Elon Musk in the future because I'm just thinking about it. Because like I've seen a lot of pictures of him when he was like much much younger and working on stuff, and like you know, it just looked like another person just putting in the effort to make their dream come true. And mm -hmm. I guess after PayPal, he was pretty set, and yeah, then it's just Tesla and Domino's. For yeah, them. and then it's, makes his own space company because you know that's what you do. Well, I mean, if you really care about making a space company, you'll start <laughs> figuring out the yeah. plan, and then you'll execute. And if you have the resources, it just makes it easier to execute. Yeah. I, I, I know he just had a kid with, uh, um, oh God, Grimes. what was the Grimes? Yeah. You know, a H twelve, X Ash twelve, X Ash twelve. Thank you. Oh yeah, um, Ash. I is, think that's what they call him. Is, is, is that his first kid, or does he have more kids? I he's, have no that's, idea. That's his latest kid. I think he's got three. We'll three save or four. that for the Elon Musk yeah, biography episode. One thing I wanted to say on that, though, that idea of the father that works too much to be with his kids. I mean, that's like think think about that and the that idea of Elon Musk and like Casey Neistat. I think was gu guilty of this looking at his early videos because my dad got really into Casey Neistat for a while. Mm. Like, what What do you guys think? Did you have that experience of the dad that worked almost nonstop and barely saw you and well, wasn't at home much? Well, it's one of those things of I kind of had that innately because I only saw my dad um, first weekend of every month. But from what I heard to, like, support me and support himself, like, he basically worked two jobs for, like, 10 years. Mm -hmm. At the other end of the spectrum, or I like guess same end of the spectrum, my stepdad, he was a pipe fitter. So he'd be gone for, like, two months and back for a month. Mm. So it's one of those things where... It's one of those things where I think both of them kind of ingrained in me, like the whole like, hey, man provides. Yeah. If you're at any point you're not working, it's not the situation. It's why aren't you working? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Of, I'm grateful to have spent 
quite a bit of time with my dad, especially mm-hmm. like uh, more so, especially like since graduating high school, we've spent a lot of summers like out in the lake, just jet skiing or going nice, uh, even hiking or just doing stuff that's cool. Like mm-hmm. I've got plenty of opportunities to do that. I've got plenty of opportunities to just sit down and watch Home Improvement <laughs> or like movies and stuff like that. And like I said, any, any housework or chores I was involved in. So it's like I spent quite a lot of time with my dad. I'm pretty happy about that. And yeah. I never really got the impression that he was just someone who worked too much to see, to see us. Mm-hmm. I mean, what about you, Jared? It was... I don't really remember a lot, but generally, no, my dad worked a regular shift and we saw him in the evenings and stuff. Nine to five, Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do know, I never knew it at the time and I don't remember it at all, but I, uh, he's told us when we were younger, it's like he worked graveyard shifts for two or three years or something. And, or maybe it was five. I think it might've been five years. He worked, he graveyard, worked graveyard shifts for 23 years. <laughs> Just never noticed. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we would, uh, my mom would take me and Matt to school or daycare or whatever, however old we were, and we would pull out of the driveway, and then apparently we would see our dad pull in, and we would be like, waving at him and be like, "Where's, where's dad? What's he doing?" And, <laughs> and he would just be like waving at us and get, get out and go to bed. <laughs> Man, if that was but at the, the ca- same time, he sorry to interrupt. No, uh, no, no, good. Uh, he, just, just if that was the case, it'd be one of those things where it's like either leave five minutes late for daycare. Or have dad leave five minutes early from work and just get like a minute with the kids. Don't just be like, the things I work for are now going away. (laughs) I think the good thing about the trade-off is that uh, he actually, he would sacrifice sleep, I'm learning now, because he would pick us up from work, from from work, from school all the time. Like my dad always picked us up from, from school and I never questioned it, I never thought about it. But it's like he would, he would get like five, six hours of sleep maybe so he could wake up early and come get us and there were times where he he would pick me and matt up from daycare daycare and school because we were, we were so young and uh, but he would he would like wake up go pick us up early from wherever we were from daycare and then bring us back and fall asleep and we would just run around the house doing whatever while he was dead tired of sleep you watch the kids right yep you yeah. definitely watch the kids <laughs> something just occurred to me I, I was just thinking back that there was an actual uh, short period of time when I was like 12 or something that my mom brought me and my sister and I guess like I don't know what brought this on but she's just like I want you guys to start calling me by my first name I want you to treat uh, treat me like I'm your friend your not just your mom this? yeah that was my mom wow and then that lasted for like a week that spoiled rich kid the Kathleen get me water <laughs> <laughs> is that spoiled rich I don't know I feel uh, like a lot of middle class kids do that too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. mom the meatloaf yeah oh man dude kids that call their parents by the first name and yell at them oh, I don't know how the heck they do it I don't understand that's the that, kids that yelled at their parents that's the parents Deborah, that... get me a coke <laughs> that look in your eyes is perfect <laughs> how like dude that's those are parents that don't discipline their kids it's okay, like their okay. kids just run around. Hard take here. Hard mm. take. While not advocating the direct beating of children, <laughs> when kids act up, they do need to get, be spanked. I don't know about that. Because what, what's the difference? So um, beating is when you do it for no good reason. Spanking is when you've, oh, you've basically given them chance, 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 yeah. chance, chance. And then you're like, okay, you know what you're doing is wrong. I've given you many times to like change your yeah. ways of doing this. You need to be spanked. And I know because 
I was an asshole kid, and I kept pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I don't think it's actually about hitting the kid. Uh, like This is my, my, my theory, is that it's not about the physical impact. It's about the alarm effect, mm. right? It's the same thing of like if you want your kid to stop what they're doing, you go from here to stop that. Like you just kind of raise the volume real yeah, quick because yeah. that's like an alarm. And the alarm conditions misbehavior, mm. right? Like I've noticed this when I'm trying to like teach in class because, you know, I teach kids in the thing. I don't yell at them, obviously, but I'm trying to get this point across. I'm trying to make mm-hmm. sure the class is interested. But then one kid is goofing out, go, David, just like kind of get his attention. Like, yeah. It's you just raise the alarm for a second, right? I think people think that the only way to do that is stop that yeah. you know which i think my dad explained it perfectly it doesn't make sense to hit your kid for hitting the brother <laughs> how does that like imagine yelling at your kids to quiet down that doesn't make any sense because you're using what they're doing to make them stop doing that uh, uh what is it it's the theory of escalation there can always be someone who does it worse to you so do you want to do it to someone else wait what there can always be someone who does it worse than you, so why do it to someone else? Yeah. Um, you just try to teach your kid physics so you don't hit no, your no. <laughs> Well, no, no, not, not physics. It's a case of, okay, why are you poking him? He can kind of turn around and punch you. Yeah. So it's a case of why start the escalation? Yeah. Because someone can go from step one to right to ten. It's kind of like that whole thing yeah. of I poke you, like I poke you, you punch me in the face. Yeah. And it's one of those things of like, okay, we're not going to get this ball rolling. We're going to stop this now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think spanking is the way to go about it because or like hitting of of any sort for disciplinary purposes well, I because mean, like, no, i want to well, just say that's a pretty widely held opinion now yeah. that you shouldn't be it's your not children. exactly new <laughs> and like i was raised with it my parents didn't like the idea of spanking and um the the idea i had behind it in terms of just hitting in general is at some point the kid gets used to it and goes yeah all right there's no more alarm effect there's nothing about it that's a good point but whenever it's like my dad would raise his voice or get mad or anything that s- sustained through the years. I would never be like, Oh yeah, he's yelling again. It was always, Oh shoot. This is serious. Well, right. For that point, why is it that all of a sudden the yelling is accepted, but the hitting is all of a sudden that diminishes in quality. I don't know. When they both <laughs> kind of like establish the, Oh, I fucked up effect. Yeah. But I think the hitting is, it's a different dynamic. Because, hmm. Can, can, I, can I just I point know. this one thing out? As we kind of noted earlier, like there's a lot more, uh, like, you know, the mom, or not mom, Deborah can have a Coke. Or yeah, like, you know, yeah, like the, yeah. the, the, the modern child. Yeah. It's kind of like a uh, last 20 to 25, 30 year thing. Yeah. Since when have they stopped allowing parents to beat their kids? <laughs> I'm not saying, like, you know, like the, the, like, you know, gets the wire brush and goes to town. Or oh, not wire my brush. God. The level of parenting not is good. <laughs> Not the belt, uh, or what was it? The uh, Goodwill Hunting. Uh, he'd put a belt, a wrench, and a pipe on the table and oh, say, "Choose." Oh my gosh! Um, well, we talked know. about um, movie dads. Can we think of any good video game dads? And I kind of like to start the ball rolling with one of my favorite game developers, David Cage. Oh my um, gosh! In Heavy Rain, after uh, you kind of screw up and your one kid gets hit by a car. Um, Goodness. The second kid, there's one sequence pretty early in the game where, like, he's coming over to your house for a little bit, and you can do basically anything with your kid. Like, you know, you got, like, a little chalkboard in the corner that shows, like, you know, should eat around the snack around this time, eat around this time, homework this time, bed this time. But that's kind of like a – more of a guideline. Um, (laughs) 
quite literally is entirely an option for you to go to the fridge, grab a beer, and pass out drunk up in the bed. <laughs> or be a productive dad and make your kid a nice chicken dinner. Yeah. Does it influence the rest of the story in any way? No spoilers. <laughs> but it's one of those things of like, I was like, oh, so this is, or, or the even better option, go upstairs and sit in your studio that you do your architecture in and there's a little VHS in the corner and watch home movies of your kid that got hit by a car. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Oh, it's great. Oh. <laughs> Dude, that game is freaking wild. Oh, Heavy Rain's amazing. <laughs> I, I will say this right now. It is an ironically a good David Cage On game. On the topic of game dads, I can think of two off the top of my head related to Naughty Dog, actually. and Joel? Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, in terms of father figures, that's such a, like... The whole in the whole series is held together by that dynamic of Joel and Ellie, and and their affinity for golf, <laughs> yeah, and giraffes or whatever. Um, but the fact that like Joel represented such a when we talk about dad archetypes, well, like, actually, that probably be sorry, the is this the Last of Us? Yes. Okay. okay. Country guy who lost yeah, yeah, his yeah. daughter and Dude, then like the first ten minutes of that game perfect. made me cry. Wow. Well, oh actually, my gosh. If dude. I may say, that would actually probably be the closest archetype to my dad because much like how uh, this pretty midway point of the game, like, you know, they got the truck, they go off into the city for a second, the one guy comes out wounded and he's like, nah, he ain't wounded. I know because I did that shit back in the day where I, like, betrayed people and, like, you know, did banditry. I've literally listened to my dad describe these things of, like, when I went for my um, driving, uh, uh, defensive driving course, my dad always told me, maintain like two car lengths behind the guy in front of you so that if someone tries to car jack you, you can accelerate away. And they were like, oh, you, you maintain two lengths that if someone tries to rear end you, you don't rear end that guy. And it's like, oh, my dad taught me all these life lessons because everyone around is an asshole because he's surrounded by people in his life <laughs> who were assholes and did these things. Mm. Yeah, uh, the other dad I was actually thinking of from Naughty Dog was uh, at the end of the fourth game, Nathan Drake is a, is a dad. They do this bit. It's not a spoiler for any case, but it's like... I mean, it's kind of a spoiler. Not really. It, it answers the will they, won't they. Whatever. I mean, will, will who, won't who. You know, I haven't said anything. But they do this little, like, epilogue scene in the game where you play as Nathan Drake's daughter mm -hmm. walking around. And that was just kind of interesting this again brings that thing in that like your dad is not just a dad he was a whole other thing before yeah, you yeah yeah i mean that's the classic thing like that oh sorry i one of them just popped in my head john marston mm. dang the it, video game okay, dad okay if i may say john marston sucks as a dad <laughs> <laughs> well okay because think about it um throughout all of red dead 2 it's like you need to spend no, 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 okay i can't do the accent but you need to spend more time with your family yeah and then in the the main one red dead one like the entire game is yeah he's going out to do these missions to um get his freedom so he can spend more time with his family but it's still he spends all this game away from his family dies spoilers for an eight-year-old game and then his son turns out like him so if anything that that's the exact opposite of effective um, right. But in terms of somebody who's like somewhat a little bit more like at least in the cutscene, John, he's a little bit more morally stalwart, mm. but also his actual interactions with Jack. And when you start playing those beach or ranch um, post-credits, post-credit games, missions? not just the post-credit ones in Red Dead 2, but like the, the late latter missions where you're just doing ranch work. 
um, at your actual ranch and you're like in this dynamic where you have like uncles drunk off in the corner and then the wife and the kid are just around the ranch. Well, he's like, got hey, a that's long bag, a- He's got an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> not a, it's, it doesn't seem like it's a bad existence. It's just that like he has so much baggage that always comes for him in the middle of that. Whether And definitely, you know, I think they do a better job of playing up the realism in Red Dead 2 when it's like, hey, he was in a band of criminals and that's where this kid came up. <laughs> so you're not spending a lot of time with your wife and kid. Well, what are you going to do? Hmm. The feds are coming for us. <laughs> it's like, oh God, it's the IRS. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to Tahiti. <laughs> I got a plan, Arthur. <laughs> I'm a flat Arthur. <laughs> I love that one the most. I'm a flat Arthur. No, no, it's just. Like, <laughs> so he said, I'm a flat Arthur. I got a Dutch plan. Dutch has always Arthur. got a plan. It's like we're gonna go to this place. It's like Dutch. I don't believe it no more. We are not gonna go around the world. The world is flat. <laughs> what? I'm a flat Arthur. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't see that before. That's a good one. I'll find a link for you later on. I'm a flat. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna like throw this out here real quick. God damn it, Red Dead Online. Please include ranches. I want a ranch. <laughs> I haven't given that game any DLC in like a year and a half. I hate myself. <laughs> Anyway, can we think of any other good examples of video game dads? You were going to say something before I cut you off with John Marston. Was I? I don't know. Maybe you just forgot it now. I played Red Dead, the first one, a long time ago, and I honestly forgot that John Marston was a dad. <laughs> so a he point. was probably pretty bad. Again, it's one of those things <laughs> of, like, there's, like, an entire point in the, the sequel where it's, like, um, Arthur goes and, like, goes fishing with Jack because, like, Oh, John hasn't spent any time with the kid. Can you please go show yeah. him what, what being a father figure is? And then, like, two missions later, Arthur's like, look, you got a wife and kid here. You actually got to be a part of that. You can't just be a bandit. It's like, I know I got to be a parent. And it's like, then do it. And, like, yeah. literally, like, a couple hours later, you do that mission again because he's just such a not-present dad. Well, mm. the play the playthrough of Red Dead, no two playthroughs are the same. It's very dynamic. <laughs> I mean, it's story missions. It's kind of hard to, like, you know... Yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, w- when I characterize John Marston as somebody who's always trying, well, like, especially when he gets older, that's a very, again, they did a very good job at young John Marston and old John Marston mm. are two very different people. I will say, like, the um, post credits Red Dead 2, where you uh, kind of do, like, the whole family man thing, it's yeah. pretty good. It's, again, though, I. I will say he does kind of that thing that we've kind of been going back to, which is hardening the kid in that member in like the post credit scheme. Uh, Jack is like uh, reading his uh, penny dreadful little novel books about Knights of the Round Table and all that. And then it's like, all right, I'm gonna go spend some time with dad. We're gonna go fishing. And the dog got bit by a rattlesnake and I got to help. So the dog doesn't die. And the kid's like freaking out. It's like, just stop freaking out and work the problem. Or the other time where they go into town and like the, it's either the son or the postman. I don't remember who says their real name. And the guy's like, oh, so you're the, you're the Marstons. Oh, you're not mm. the, you're not the Miltons. You're the, you're those criminals. So I'm gonna go make some money. And, um, literally like, you know, the, the dad then proceeds to, uh, shootify the, the posse that comes to get them. And like the son's kind of like freaking out and it's like, look, what was I supposed to do? What was I supposed to do? Yeah, murder was the only way out of this situation. Murder was the only way out of this situation. Quite frankly, son, the fact that you didn't pop a shot off, I'm a little bit upset with you. You didn't even have to hit him, but like, you didn't even pop a shot. At least try. At least try. <laughs> that was something that was actually on my mind a little bit um, when I was thinking about like situations like Ukraine or Afghanistan. How many dads out there are like, the enemy is coming? 
If yeah. you can't, and just like what was that movie, The Patriot, with Mel Gibson, where he's like, "Reload for your brother." Oh my god! Yes. Again, okay. So I think this is one of those things we're coming and getting to. Like, yes, there's like the archetypical goofy like stereotype for dad. Yes, there's the archetypical like you know morality and like you know like the 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 central figure that everyone kind of like grows and builds around. Mm. There's also the realist dad, who's like the look. This is the way things are now. Yeah. It's time to adult. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like where you guys kind of have the moral center dads. I had the, this is the way the world is. You can whine and bitch about it, or we can solve the problem. I mean, I had a good, you know, understanding of the dangers of the world. You know, it's not like my dad was never real with me. I watched 300. I think it's a very unique experience for you. Huh? <laughs> you think that's a unique experience for me? I think that's a unique you experience. Okay. Granted, my one uh, coworker told me that when she grew up, her her parents would be like, we're going to be watching a horror movie, so go upstairs, and if you come downstairs, it's your own fault. <laughs> and she would sneak downstairs, and, and she would just come downstairs and sit on the couch and watch it, and they wouldn't stop her. Was, like, a, was well, see, a, they're sneaking down. There's like, there's a moral to the story, son. You know what that is? If you see a stranger trying to like wanting help to get their uh, furniture in the back of the van, tell them to go fuck themselves. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll go down a well. <laughs> when it came to movies and my parents, it was romance is off limits, but there's pretty much no limit to violence. Interesting. So I. That's like, why you're so violent. Me and my dad watched like a ton of cop movies, yeah. a ton of war movies. We watched uh, the, all of the Terminator movies. We would do that like as a regular marathon. I watched so many, like I watched 300 about the time it came out. And I must have been like Dang. 10 years old at most. <laughs> but yeah, there wasn't really like a cap on violence. It was mm. just like, hey, so long as you're watching it with me, even if it is a little violence, it's okay because I'm here to tell you that that's fake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the big thing. I'd like to point out the two examples he gave there of uh, Terminator and 300. If you beat the kid, it turns out fine. Because in 300, they overtly <laughs> abuse the kids. It really opens with Leonidas choke slamming yeah. his kid into the dirt. <laughs> and uh, Terminator, remember the whole Sarah Connor thing of, man, I had all these abusive-ass boyfriends to toughen my kid up. And it's this robot who's like treating him like a good kid. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Talk about that reload for your brother mentality. Yeah. You imagine what Leonidas is thinking. You're going to be the king of Sparta. <laughs> and everybody's going to come and try to take it. No, oh, yeah, bro. Like, you got to be able to stab someone. You see your brother? He's next in line. Stab him. <laughs> he had a brother, right? I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've seen 300. No clue. I've I don't remember that. Well. Yeah. Um. Any other movie or video game dads? See, I could name quite a few, like, again, Patriot. Uh, there's tons of movie dads, but I can't think of any video game dads at the moment. Like, most of the time with video game dads, it's one of those things where they leave to go solve a problem. Like, they're not really like a... Like, that's the thing. Most, when I think of, like, dads, I think of, again, I know you guys are the exception, but, like, the they're over there earning the thing to keep the family yeah. alive. And then they show up and spend a little bit of time for the family to say, hey, look... My hard work is bearing fruit. Back away again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's a let's take a spin off and go history dads. Whoa. Uh, shouts out to Philip of Macedonia, <laughs> um, Alexander the Great's dad. Mm. The whole reason why Alexander the Great could even start that campaign is because his dad spent all this time conquering that area. Yeah. And pacifying the area and like holding it down as a king so that his son literally inherited the kingdom mm-hmm. that he did used to go all that conquest. And that's not to say Alexander wasn't brilliant, but he was brilliant because he had so he many elements that foundation to build yeah. up on. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? He got like lessons straight from Aristotle or something. 
Is that the one? Or even let alone being a king, but then like even the mythology of his lineage, it was believed that his mother was descended from Odysseus mm. and then his father was descended from Achilles. So yeah. that he had these two Greek heroes in his bloodline. In some sense. That idea of laying the foundation reminds me of this one story from the Old Testament Bible. I think I'm getting this right. That David wanted to, I think it was King David wanted to make, wanted to build the temple for, for God or some Jerusalem king wanted to do this. And God essentially told him, it's like, you won't be the one to do this. Your son will. And so instead of being like, oh, okay, and do, doing his own thing, he instead built up all the wealth and resources that he possibly could throughout the rest of his life so that by the time his son was ready to start and he and he would pass on, his, his kid had this foundation to go off of instead of just, all right, I guess I'm not the one, so I'll leave it up to you. You know, kind of think about like biblical dads, Abraham, the dad of dads. Yeah. You know, literally your descendants <laughs> will be like the scar stars yeah. in the sky, right? That's the, uh, you know, it kind of makes me think of like granddads. Because, I mean, were you guys close with your granddads? I know. Uh, one yes, one no. So kind of two separate ends of the spectrum. Sorry, Kyle, pull yeah, it yeah, up Yeah, 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 sorry. One yes, one no. Two separate ends of the spectrum in that my um, mom's side dad, uh, granddad, uh, Opa, uh, Bert, he uh, was basically kind of the same thing where, again, aloof, uh, basically always out in the yard doing work, either mowing grass, building something, fixing something, more so wood than machinery, um, and spent a lot of time learning how to work with my hands with him. The granddad on my dad's side was out of my uh, dad's side of the family's life for many years, made tons of money. And then kind of realizes his own mortality and is trying to reconnect with his family mm. by just throwing money at the problem. Mm. Which uh, I, I I love my um, mom's side grandpa, my opa, very much. My dad's side grandpa, I was nice to him because I wanted inheritance. <laughs> I'm, oh no no, I'm not I'm not afraid to say it because yeah, yeah, like yeah. everyone else was treating him like an asshole because they didn't like like you know like the whole like did them dirty. Mm. Whereas I was like nice because I'm like wait if they all treat him like. I'll get like ninety percent. Yeah. No, no, that was legitimately the calculus. I was doing the calculus. Walk around putting little post-it notes on the stuff you want to inherit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't. One of my, I never got to know my granddad on my mom's side. He passed away before I was born. Mm. I got to know my granddad on my dad's side very well. I saw him like at least twice a month. Especially when I was a kid, it was probably almost every week. Um, he was a surgeon. He he was a surgeon in the army around the time of the Suez War. After that, he was a pharmacist. He worked for like drug companies for a while, and that's how he came to Canada. And yeah, I got to know. What's funny is that I never really picked up that much of personality from him. It was mm -hmm. always just that is granddad. Um, but we would watch soccer together. He was like the only person I ever really watched soccer with. Um, I knew he liked Sinatra music, and my one gift that I ever actively actually bought for him uh, was a birthday gift. I bought him a fedora, like a nice one. <laughs> and he joined a gang. Yeah. Started the mafia. He was a oh, no, did, did, did he wear leathers and kind of like, you know, stand on street corners and like, you know, <laughs> sing harmonically with the guys and have a switchblade that is actually at home? <laughs> he had a quartet. 
Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, I is, yeah, but I have like nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah. In that sense, the results friendly. He was always, I got a lot of approval for from him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I never really did anything that was disapproved <laughs> worthy or like disapproving or he that he would disapprove of. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, like generally positive father figures in my life, especially mm. spread around like each of the men in my family have been like pretty good role models. I would mm. say. I will say, kind of like running it through now, I think that kind of like pretty much every single one of my father figures has been absolutely no emotional giving. But like not one single emotional, like nothing. But they've all, no gifts. But the entirety of their things have been shut up and work. I mean, they're logically not wrong, but (laughs) emotionally, yeah, it kind of leaves a bit of a space. Hey, hey, you know what? Money might not buy happiness, but it's really fucking hard to be sad in a Porsche. There you go. I think one thing I've definitely noticed between me and my dad, there was that uh, John Adams quote I posted at one point, where it's like, I study war and diplomacy so that my son can Mm. study trade and economics so that his son could study art and music. Yeah. I think I'm the art and music kid in that line so far and i feel like jared you're kind of along the same line here (laughs) why because i draw and play guitar (laughs) well i mean like if somebody took a look at this room they'd be like yeah that's the art and music (laughs) (laughs) i got asked i went to the hospital the other day to get an x-ray and on my way out there was some guy in a wheelchair that saw me with my long hair and my long coat my big cross (laughs) that would be hilarious but no he's like hey are you a musician as a sort of I kind of play guitar. He's like, you want to buy an amp? I'm like, no. <laughs> From some guy in a wheelchair outside the hospital? Are you kidding me? Everybody I mean, is always trying to get rid of their amps. I, right? I mean, let's be honest here. That's probably one of the... Uh, if I was selling amp, that's the way I'd go about it. <laughs> the one amp I needed to get rid of, I got rid of by giving to Jared. So. Mm. <laughs> and it's now sitting in my crawl space because I got another amp. <laughs> just just raff up front of the hospital with a sign, need an amp? <laughs> with the amp. Why the sign? It's right here, ready to go. Just like Jared Leto in the beginning of Joker with this flipping sign. <laughs> get, 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 get attacked by a bunch of young rapscallions with their fedora, with, the, with the fedoras and the leather jackets. Beat them into a back alley where they beat the shit of them while they sing like a, like a zooey bop or like some quartet. Kyle, you're the historian in our circle. Oh. Um, do you know anything about Hitler's dad? Whoa! I've I don't know about his about dad, dad, but uh, his granddad was uh, theoretically, rumorly, perhaps a Jew. <sighs> Whoa! Wasn't that on his mom's side? Yes. Uh, Doesn't count. Though. But you gotta wonder is like Grant. So you, you tell me my granddad on my mom's side, the one I have all my emotional connection with, doesn't count. Cool. <laughs> but you gotta wonder because it's like in terms of the elements that make up who Hitler became, his dad is never really in that calculation Mm. which means that he either did like a really good job and there's really nothing negative to say about him or he did something so horrible but it's remained buried in history Mm. i mean i think it's one of those things where not a lot well extrapolating based off of pure conjecture here so take this with the biggest possible grain of salt and assume it's wrong i think most people kind of just assume that it was a mixture of the war and just, you know, general opinions of the time. Because, like, people of that time were super racist. Mm. But it's kind of one of those things of, I don't know, I think you just, like, saw a wave of sediment and then kind of just, like, you know, wrote it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I mean, like again, the Nazi party. It's like we just see Hitler because he was the one at the front. Yeah, but there was a troop of way more evil dudes mm-hmm. behind that guy. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, like thirty percent of the German population said, "Heck yeah, sign me up, bring yeah. me out a piece of that Kit Kat bar." Yep. yep. So one out of three people were like, "Yeah." <laughs> so it should be a weather. What about Stalin's dad? Um, somebody should have beat their kid a little bit more. <laughs> someone, uh, well, see, here's the thing. You say that, but as a teenager, Stalin was a bank robber. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. He was wow. a bank robber before the revolution. He was a bank robber. Full and time? I, full time. Mm, <laughs> like, that's the whole Seasonal. thing. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where when the weather's nice, kind of hard to... Oh, uh, it's raining out. Not today. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> The, it's the mud season in Russia, because you know mud is a weather. Man, you can look, even look at pictures of like young Stalin and be like, man, this guy was a gangster when he was young, just robbing banks, looking like super dashing. Of course, he just strolls into that revolutionary circle, and people are like, he's in charge. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. could we could also talk about something more local. Like we could talk about uh, Justin Trudeau's dad. I mean, Castro got a lot done. <laughs> That is, let's just very briefly cover this contention of when you look at pictures of the two of them. It's pretty uncanny. Or like even like, it's pretty you know, wild. put Trudeau in the middle, Pierre on one side and Castro on the at other. At the same age. Yeah, all everybody at the same age. Like, yeah. how does that look? And you he, just see the way that Trudeau and Castro smile. Yeah. And you'd be like, it's too uncanny. Here's one thing I'll, uh, I'll say. Because as, as much as I love this conspiracy theory... Um, the timeline doesn't add up. No, no, no. no. As far as I c- I'm concerned, the timelines do add up. It's well, entirely possible and within reason. Oh, well, because wasn't it Elliot and... Uh, what, was his, what was his mom's name again? Margaret. Margaret Trudeau visited... Pierre and Margaret. Pierre and Margaret yeah. Yeah. Uh, visited uh, Cuba like eight months before he was born. So it was he could... approximately, approximately, and there was like... Castro said she was a very nice woman or some comment like that and they spent time together so it could so have been like, like you know entirely... he was a little bit premature born right I don't know I have no idea From what I, I, don't, remember, no, no. I don't know if it was eight months I think the timeline actually adds up to a proper like amount of time like it's eerily possible yes but I will say if if we're talking going on that idea of taking pictures from when they're younger I look nothing like my dad when he was a kid I look exactly like my mom when she was a kid. You want to hear the and weird thing? my brother looked exactly like my dad when he was a kid. So here's the weird thing. I actually look more like my stepdad than I do my biological dad to the point where when shit was going down, my dad was like, he's not even my kid. We're going to do a, a paternity test. <laughs> and uh, my blood came back as my dad is my dad. Yeah. So uh, he was kind of like, shit. I thought I had to get a jail free card there. <laughs> you think Bud would have just like, I'm not the father, and just ridden off into the sunset? Oh yes, hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I am I am overtly referred to as the uh, not the mistake but the accident. <laughs> Next year we got to get our dads to do this instead. It's just Alan, George, and Bud. Oh my gosh, Buzz. dude. Buzz. My, my dad would not get along with Buzz. Buzz. Okay. Buzz. You keep saying Bud. Is it Bud or it's Buzz? Buzz. My, my mistake. Okay. So out of curiosity, for everyone here, you got any plans for Father's Day or, or gifts? I already got my dad a really good steam cleaner for his shower, Ooh. and I'm going to take him out to Rio, and we're going to eat a medically unsafe amount of uh, steak. <laughs> oh, the Rio Steakhouse. Yes, sir. Yeah, nice, 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 nice. I On the way here, I bought my dad a Singapore-style beef jerky. 
and I bought two cigars for us to smoke tomorrow. What would be Singapore style? I don't know. I'll have to figure out what I'm doing tomorrow, because tomorrow, because Sunday is usually our big family day, and whenever a day like this happens, we like to do one big thing with the family, so mm-hmm. it'll be all the dads in the family. In terms of stuff I'm doing for my dad, gift-wise, I always like to go big on the birthday. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the... No, it's not even a holiday. Just a day. Um, you gonna go see Top Gun? Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for spoiling it. Yeah, I'm going. To, we're taking my sister and I are taking my dad to go see our, our nice. uh, see Top Gun in land at Landmark, and probably for Ooh, lunch or something Landmark. around there. Yeah, dinner or something probably at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Unfortunately, my sister doesn't like the VIP at Landmark. What? I don't Wait, understand why. Landmark is one of those places where Landmark Cinema oh, next to Guilford Mall. Dude. They their VIP lounge is like a fully equipped restaurant and bar. It's so good. And they will like straight up bring you whatever you order to your seat even. So you can order yeah. things Ooh. beginning and throughout the fi- up to up to a certain point in the film you can still I know it's make like orders. once once the commercials are starting and stuff as you're entering the theater, they've got the people with the menu outside right, like okay, yeah. make your order now. And then when we get when we get inside, they, they know our seat tickets, so they bring up to your line and go, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this, here's right, this. Yeah. Oh my God, what are a steak? Will I watch a movie? Probably. Yeah, whatever. I think I got that on the menu. I did. Like, like, what I mean is it's actual food food, not like, you know, oh, a legit. burger or no, nachos dude, or whatever. It's like the first time I went to a landmark cinema, I had a chicken parmesan sandwich, which was a terrible idea because I ate something with sloppy hot sauce. And I took one bite, and suddenly my hand was on fire. And it was the middle of a movie in pitch black. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Do, do, do suddenly, they have, like, shelves or something for you to put your food on? You got, like, a big... You get, no, a, no, you you get, get a little, little table, but yeah. you share it with the person next to you. No, no, no. Um, there's, they have little fold-out tables almost like... Oh, oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ordered the first 30 to 35 minutes of the Batman for me were nachos and cocktails. Yeah, I think I got some... I think I got pulled pork poutine. That's what it was. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And they didn't give me a fork. So Tina, for some reason, doesn't think that... Thinks that that's an overrated experience. And she didn't get us the VIP tickets, but oh it's gosh. still the. Th- I've been very adamant about. I want to see Top Gun in theaters. That's where yeah. it was designed to be seen, and IMAX. like IMAX particularly. I guess I'm not sure if that is the. Yeah. Oh no, that was the keep the Peel movie that was filled with IMAX cameras. I will. I will say this. Wait, have both of you seen the original Top Gun from the eighties? Nope. A long time ago. So it kind of opens with like just a nice long panning shot of like everyone doing things on the aircraft carrier, and then right as they launch the first plane, like you know uh, that highway to the danger zone, yeah, starts playing, and like it does, it's fucking great montage. I would honestly do the danger zone. zone. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone loves Kenny Loggins. Um. Anyway, um, I will say the opening bit of that in this one in glorious 4K. With the excellent sound design, it is great. I'm so excited. Well, because honestly, like, there's so many cool things they do. Like, um, when planes land on aircraft carriers, they got like a little hook that catches on cables to slow it really down really fast. Yeah. And when they're resetting the cables, and as that metal twang as it's going across mm. the deck sounds great. The hiss of the steam catapult and the many cameras like they go one way up in the tower, and there's like a little bobblehead in the foreground. Yeah. As the jets are launching off, they got this little bunker that's between the two catapults. So you just see them go whoosh right by you. <laughs> it's fucking cool. Dude, it's good fun. sound design is so 
it makes or breaks a movie. Oh, it's like even arguably more than the visuals, because it, this has got. Think both. about how difficult it is to watch a silent movie, but how easy it is to listen to a, ra- a good radio play. Thanks. Which Speaking we are of, not. You know, some would say good sound design is very important for a podcast. No, they're wrong. I hope we've been doing okay. You can <laughs> let us know at the Forest Creek on Instagram and on Twitter, and in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube or rather listening to it on YouTube. Uh, follow us on at all the above and on Spotify. My favorite place to be, to be honest, in terms of the most painless place to get uploaded and like work with Spotify. For some reason, Google Podcast takes like two to three weeks before your podcast shows up there. It can take a while. That's weird. Yeah, but... Um, I will be getting Spotify at some point, maybe, now that my phone isn't full all the time. Hey. Um, but in any case, any guys, you guys got any last Father's Day thoughts? Happy Father's Day, Dad. Happy Father's Day, Papa. Happy Father's Day, Dad. And I'd like to give a quick shout out to all the dads, daddies, fathers, uncles, drunk uncles... That one guy who your dad works with who you just call uncle. <laughs> and the granddads and the great granddads. Omas, opas. Uh, Yaya. Your ancient Abrahamic forefathers. <laughs> <laughs> and for one fourth of you, Genghis Khan. All right, that's been us at the Forest Creek. We welcome you to join us again anytime. And like I always say, more exciting stuff coming in the future. My name is Raph. I'm Jared. This is Khan. Happy Father's Day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.